Walking the Dog is an amateur podcast devised, recorded, edited and produced by me, creation speaker Paul Taylor. I work for the Ministry of Creation Today in Pensacola, Florida, website creationtoday.org and I'm the co-presenter of the Creation Today show, though this podcast is produced privately from my personal website just6days.com. As an amateur effort, it doesn't have the same level of production as our ministry products. The podcast is called Walking the Dog because I record it while walking my dog Fraser, who is a Shetland sheepdog. This explains the background noises of birds, frogs and trains that you will hear, as well as barking. All opinions and views expressed in this podcast are my own. Episode 4 of Walking the Dog Information and the search for intelligence. In 1967, scientists were very excited because they found a, a sort of regular, like a sort of beep from outer space, um, regular radio signal that's just pulsing on and off, on and off. And they were very excited because they thought this regular signal indicated that there was intelligent life out in space. Now, in technology at the time, it was difficult, I suppose, to some extent, to send intelligible signals long distances. In fact, 1957, when the Russians had sent the, uh, the Sputnik spacecraft into space, that's basically what that spacecraft had done, just send a beeping sound back to Earth, so it seemed to indicate intelligence. Of course, they found out that uh, the 1967 signals were not intelligent. They were coming from a, a type of star called a pulsar, dark type of star, uh, type of object in the universe, anyway, I don't know whether you call it a star or not, but uh, it was giving out um, radiation pulses, and this is what was being picked up. So in more recent years, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, or SETI, have made a number of definitions of what they think that intelligent signals from outer space would be. And in fact, they would be non-regular. The signals would show sorts of patterns, intelligibility like a code, but would be non-regular. Something that is uh, repeating too regularly um, would probably be something that's natural rather than something that's uh, artificial in some way, and intelligence. They, they look for the various signals to do with the code. There are a number of criteria that they um, that they adopt. Uh, since I'm out walking the dog at the moment, I've uh, not got those books at hand, but there are a number of uh, things, qualities that they look for in um, uh, signals to see whether they are intelligent or not. And they've been searching for this for a long time. Uh, in the days when people used to put screensavers on their computers, which is quite popular in the uh, mid to late 90s as uh, PCs were becoming increasingly uh, available. Um, SETI actually had a screensaver of their own where people could use downtime on their computers to sift through huge amounts of uh, information that SETI was sending. And so you've got all these computers around the world sifting through this information to see if the criteria for intelligence were there in the signals. And with all that computing power, none has been found yet. And yet, there is a code in the universe that corresponds to all the criteria required for intelligence to be something that is non-random, non-repeating, quite clearly having an intelligent source where there's a code, an alphabet even, 
and uh, instructions are given by the information which can be replicated and uh, that particular code is found not in outer space but on a microscopic level it's found encoded into the DNA in the cells of your body and my body and Fraser's body as he's sniffling around at the moment looking for something you can smell probably uh, an opossum must have been down here last night something like that and he's, uh, he's very interested in what's around so those are the sort of things that um, that's an actual source of intelligence now physicists, astrophysicists uh, would recognize such a code if it came from space as being intelligent and they would immediately uh, be fascinated by that, they would immediately be interested by what uh, what was there and they would immediately say well this must be some form of intelligence it's, uh, it's quite obvious to do with some form of intelligence but because it's biological and it's the biological scientists who uh, look at this particular piece of evidence of course evidence is always interpreted according to a person's worldview and in the bio in a normal biologists worldview uh, the majority of biologists would have an evolutionary worldview and in their worldview obviously these molecules cannot be some sort of code some sort of intelligence behind them they must have arisen by chance by ordinary molecular processes over a long period of time so they'll make statements that physicists wouldn't make in other areas but of course the professional physicists won't uh, disagree with what the professional biologists have said because it's not their field they won't encroach on the field I've always found it interesting that uh, when their guards are down and they don't know that there's a debate on creationism and evolutionism going on that that's sure actually physical scientists will make um, intelligible comments on the, on this I remember one school I taught at when I was a school teacher and uh, this school was arranged with physics and chemistry labs at uh, one end of school the biology labs at the other end of the school and I asked the question why are the biology labs not with the physics and chemistry labs and the head of science who was a chemist said well it's because here this is where the real science goes on physics and chemistry that you do in the laboratory whereas over in the uh, in the biology area they just teach fairy tales and uh, that was the view of uh, uh, an atheistic um, uh, secular uh, teacher uh, from the scientific background now of course if you then started the discussion on creation and evolution you would have swapped sides very quickly but uh, uh, it's interesting that in the unguarded moments that's uh, that's the view because uh, that's the way it appears physicists and the chemistry the real experiments One of the things that uh, has often been said is, to me is that, uh, well, clearly uh, code in DNA is a bit like the sort of patterns that you get in, in crystals. You get regular shapes in crystals, and uh, therefore that uh, regularity uh, is a form of information that can be replicated, and uh, so you, uh, that, that is basically how DNA could have arisen. Now that's not the case, and uh, in, in an unguarded moment a chemist would spot the difference and be able to explain the difference. Because in fact the regularity and the pattern that you have 
in a crystal is more like the 1967 pulsar beep. It's something that you can explain by the property of the material. The actual way that the atoms are arranged, the molecules are arranged, um, determines the crystal structure. It's not an intelligence, it's, it's based on the, on, the, um, on the pattern, or it's based on the actual structure of the molecules. By the way, the beeping in the background is a train uh, to go past. Um, so it's not a, an intelligence uh, system in, uh, in crystals. Uh, it's very different from uh, DNA, therefore. In uh, DNA, the uh, arrangement, the coding that's in the DNA, is not a property, not a function of the way that the, uh, the uh, DNA would crystallize. It's not inevitable that it has to crystallize in that fashion. The, um, uh, uh, I mean, the witness to that is the fact you can get different DNA molecules with different arrangements, so it's clearly not a, a function of the actual um, physical properties or chemical properties of the, uh, the molecules that are arranging themselves. It is actually a code, and the DNA conforms to the rules for intelligence, whereas the uh, repeating of crystals, of arrangements in crystals, does not. So. The, basically, a whole science has developed out of this now, uh, which is the subject of information science, because we can see information in a number of, uh, of areas. Information obeys certain rules. Now, information is seen, obviously, in computers, and computers have become um, hugely more sophisticated in the last um, 20 to 30 years uh, than would have been the case beforehand. And we're beginning to see the way that the information works. You see, the actual proper information is not a function of the material. Uh, patterns in uh, the crystals are a function of the material, but information is not. Now, in a computer example, let's have a look at, uh, say, a blank CD. A blank CD can hold information. A blank CD is like a lot of little mirrors on hinges, basically. I know it's more complex than that, but let's just uh, take this as an analogy. The little mirrors could be arranged either um, horizontally parallel with the surface of the CD or at an angle to it. So each little mirror then will represent uh, a, um, the number one if it's parallel with the surface of the, um, of the CD because a laser would be able to bounce straight back off it onto a receptor. If it's at an angle, then the laser light will bounce away, so that's a zero. So you've got ones and zeros, and you can basically encode huge amounts of information in large quantities of ones and zeros. So what's the difference then between a blank CD and another CD which was blank, but has had the um, information burnt into a computer program, operating system, for example? What's the difference between a Windows CD, uh, a copied one, and um, a uh, blank CD, apart from the fact that obviously the copied CD is illegal, but just taking that aside at the moment, what's the difference between them? And the difference is nothing to do with the material, nothing to do with the properties of the material, the difference is to do with the information. The same material is there, same little mirrors, same chemicals, but the information is different, so you can't weigh the information, you can't put it on a set of scales, it's not a property of the material, it's a property that has been programmed into it and requires an intelligence, either uh, 
being programmed from scratch or being copied and then burned onto the CD. So intelligence has been required in order to produce that uh, um, CD with the software on it. Now that's basically the same with DNA molecules. The DNA molecules, if we were just producing randomly, just sticking stuff together randomly, for a start they wouldn't be able to get that big. But secondly, if they were just being produced randomly, you would not get information that could be useful. It just would not occur because this information does not come about by itself. It would not be reasonable to suppose, for example, that you could leave a blank CD on the desk and come back later and expect it to have magically turn itself into a copy of um, uh, an operating system. That just simply wouldn't happen. So, in the same way, you can't just put the molecules together, uh, the chains together, and expect them to produce the information. Now, the information has to have been put in there by an intelligence. Now, you see, this is very easy to understand in the creationist world because this is not just any intelligence, of course. This is the God of the Bible who's put that there. The God of the Bible who uh, has put information there. And the Bible talks a lot about information, about how God has put eternity into our hearts, how God has put the information about him there, how the attributes of God are clearly seen and the things that are made both... Um, uh, seen and unseen, so that men are without excuse. The information is there, and it points to the fact that God is there. But people just don't want to believe that. Instead, they will believe the lie, the lie that this stuff has come about by itself without God. And that doesn't make sense. The biologist, therefore, the evolutionary biologist, believes in the fairy tales. The physicist and the chemist do the real work, do see the real experiments in the real laboratory where information does not arise by itself, but only arises when it is put there, when it is programmed there, because it is not to do with crystal structure, it is not a function of the material. It's part of, uh, it's the information that God has placed there. It's not a proof of God. Information is not a proof of God. The evidence is never a proof of God. Uh, that's not the point. Uh, evidence is interpreted in different ways. But you see that the understanding of the evidence is far more sensible, easy to follow, when you start with the presupposition that God is there. Without God, we're not able to know anything, and He is the ultimate source of all information. That was Walking the Dog, an amateur podcast on biblical issues. It can be found at the personal website of Paul Taylor, just6days.com. For details of products by Paul and other good products, visit creationtoday.org or creationstore.org.